For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. AM570 KLAC, 98.7 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM570. An LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Keith. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. All right, we continue on. Fred Rogan and Rob Parker in today for Rodney on am570la Sports. If you're just jumping on, tickets for the Lakers and Clippers next Wednesday night at the Crypt. It's our game. It's our suite. You're our listener. We want you to be there. We'll give you a first opportunity to win those tickets today. And you can meet Rob Parker. Is that thrown in there? You want to go? Yeah, I want to be. There'll I be free food. Well, but, Rob's definitely in a festival. I was going to say, there's going to be food. <laughs> oh, <and you're> not, <laughs> Kev, is there free food? Yeah. You know I'll be. <laughs> you should go. Yeah. You sure? free, Rob. Yeah, you want to go next Wednesday? Next Wednesday, yeah. I, I, the Lakers, I'll come up to the suite. Let's All right. do it. You'll meet Rob Parker. What? Nobody wants to go now? Nobody no, wants oh, to I'm go. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, sorry. No. Yeah, anyway, I'll, Rob will I'll be there. I'll check my schedule. Let me check. Before yeah, no, but I you got to go. Now, right. You said it. Now you got to go. I got to check my schedule now that I think about it. All right. <laughs> I just realized. I just realized something. All right. Well, you'll check your schedule. All right. Okay. So he might be there. Uh, also, Justin Turner jumps on here at the bottom of the hour, and we're excited to talk to Justin. Uh, we're Brodo Clemente Award winner uh, for community service. Which is amazing. That's a great honor. Yeah, and I'm not sure if he's been on anywhere talking about the end of the Dodgers season and what his future is going to look like. You know, the club has an option on him. So we all assume he'll be back. I'll ask him the question. You know, does he know if he's coming back yet? So we'll get to that with Justin. And in a moment, we will have our listener haiku to pay tribute to Vic, who is convalescing. Uh, He's doing much better. Hopefully next week he can pop on. Oh, that would be great. Love and prayers to, of course, uh, Vic the Brick. Yeah. Now, you think uh, Kyrie Irving would not be a guy to have on your team? You, you know what? As time goes on, I just don't. Uh, he's such a talented player. But, Fred, I ask you, if you're an owner in the NBA and you see the hijinks of the last couple of years, how could you make a commitment? Could, could you make an honest commitment to a long-term deal for Kyrie Irving? The vaccination thing through the Nets, you know, really hurt the Nets last year. If they had everybody in place, right, they, they would have had Harden, Kyrie, and Durant. Then this year, you know, like the whole Kanye West anti-Semitism and, you know, not willing to back down from, you know, when, what, what this is the world we live in, Fred. If you retweet something. It's you. It's you. Like, like you can't act like, oh, I just retweeted. No, no, no. 
And and that's where we live in. So either you don't retweet it, or when you do retweet something, Fred, and you realize there's a mistake made or that, you know what I mean, you didn't weren't fully knowing what you were retweeting, then you need to say that, don't you? It's yeah, just absolutely. that simple. Yeah, you can't say I'm not going to walk it back. I'm not going to back down. <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, what did, what did that mean? Dude, we're telling you what this was. And where are you on this? Do you stand with this or do you denounce that? What what are you doing? And and I I just Chris Bouchard said on the on the radio show on Fox Sports Radio, our national show. This could be Kyrie's last year. That's what Chris said. You know, talking to NBA people, that's all he does. Could you imagine a guy that talented wind up being out of the league because of the off the field stuff? I don't think he's a bad guy. He's just misguided. Yeah. He's not a bad I you think he's a I don't think he's a bad guy. I don't think so either. I think what you find though is guys who have had success in their life uh and sometimes not ready for that success, but they've had it and uh it, it creates a sense of entitlement where now they think they can say and do anything. You know like don't you think that sometimes yeah, as you said, the success and money, and then you think I'm bulletproof. Right. Oh, I'm making forty million a year. I'm. What, what, what are you, are you telling me? You don't a- talk to me about this. Ask Kanye West. Yeah. Who was once worth uh, over a billion dollars? Right. Like, yeah. how quickly did that change? Yeah. Because in life, you know, it's never a problem until it's a problem. It's never an issue until it becomes an issue. I always like to say when I talk to uh, interns and and folks at Channel 4 when they come in and they ask about the business and stuff, I I talk to them about social media. And I I always tell them the same thing. And they look at me crazy at first, but then I think it kicks in. I got to be honest with you. No one really cares what you think. Right. No one. Now, you might have a group of friends that think it's funny, but when you need to express yourself on social media, you have to understand something. No one cares what you think until they do. And when they do, you've made a mistake. And you can keep going back to that well as often as you'd like and keep saying what you want and doing what you want. And your friends might think that's funny or your friends might think, boy, you've got followers and this is great. Really, in the totality, no one cares what you think until they do. And when they do, it's often too late. That's Kyrie Irving. And, and and the other part, I think most people in this country don't really understand what free speech is. Free free when you talk about free speech in this country, Fred, you have a right to criticize the president. Yes. Criticize the government, criticize the mayor, whatever whatever. No one's gonna knock on your door and take you away because you spoke out against the president. That's what free it has consequences if you work for other people, right? You can't say whatever you want. People really believe. Whatever happened to free speech? Nothing happened to free speech. They're just consequences that come with free speech. It's so simple. You really think you, and then they say, well, you know, it's just uh, cancel culture nowadays, and it used to, never was like that. Go look up, somebody Google Anita Bryant. You remember the story, Anita Bryant. Oh, my God. That was in the 70s, Fred, and she was the biggest endorser of what? Tropicana Orange Juice. Do you remember that? Huge. She was a star. Huge. Tropicana Orange. 
and she went on some anti-gay thing. This is in the 70s. How long was she a sponsor for, I mean, a spokesman for Tropicana? Yeah, and if you don't remember, <laughs> and many of you may not remember the 70s. Okay, Kevin doesn't. She was like, was, yeah, there's a sect of the audience that don't, and I'm one of them, so please. Yeah. Yes. She was an enormous star. She was big time, Kev. And she was one of the biggest commercial performers in the world at that time. Anita Bryant. For Tropicana Orange Juice. Yeah, she was huge. And uh, boom, done. Just like that. It's not new. And I remember Tropicana Orange Juice when they let her go. You know what they said? We're here to sell orange juice to everybody. Just just that simple. I mean, does that make sense? We're not trying to X anybody out. Our job is to sell orange juice to everybody. So if she doesn't like these people, that's not going to work for us. And that was it. It ain't just cancel culture from now. Fuzzy Zeller, you remember with Kmart and 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 uh, Tiger Woods? You remember that? He lost his job with Kmart. Talking about they should have the new clubhouse meal should be uh, collard greens and, and fried, fried chicken. chicken. I remember that. What'd they do? He lost his job. Come on. It's not. When you work for somebody else, you're, you're going to be held responsible. Yeah. It's just that simple. Well, Kyrie was asked today about if he was anti-Semitic, right? Here it is. Do you have any anti-Semitic beliefs? Again, I'm going to repeat. I don't know how the label becomes justified because you guys ask me the same questions over and over again, but this is not going to turn into a spin-around cycle of questions upon questions. I told you guys how I felt. I respect all walks of life and embrace all walks of life. That's where I sit. I think what people want to hear, though, is yes or no on that question. Yes or no. I, I cannot be anti-Semitic if I know where I come from. I cannot be anti-Semitic if I know where I come from. Where'd he come from? What, what, what does question. that mean? The, the bottom line still remains is all you have to say is no. Right. Like, why do you have to dance around? You it? don't have to dance around. That, that, that's... To my actual question, no. Anti-Semitic, are you crazy? No. End of story. He won't say it. I don't know why. It really is when you sit here and think about it pretty simple. Yeah, it's the non-apology apologies, and that's why he's getting destroyed How still about, on social media right now. I mean, what they're saying is, do you hate Jews? Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, that's, you hate Jews. Right, right. that's, that's exactly yes. what that yes. was. I mean. <laughs> no, I don't. Okay, perfect. Yeah, okay. Next question. Next question. And... I love the reporters. You know, in New York, they're, they're not going to. No. Fred, they're not going to. No. You're not playing in Oklahoma City. or Like, for real. They're going to keep asking you until you answer. And the guy said, yes, it's a, yes or no? Yes or no? How could I be? That if I know where I came from. Yeah. Right. No. Where'd he come from? Tel Aviv? No, <laughs> I don't know. Jerusalem? I don't know. Yes. Where'd he come from? <laughs> I can't. I know where I come from. Mas- Masada. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, you know what we need, Rob? Spirituality. Yes. And uh, to provide that spirituality today, John in Murrieta has called in with a haiku to pay tribute to Vic. And John, how are you today? John, you there? Is he meditating? Yeah, maybe he's trying to let it marinate. Well, we're going to let John go, Kevin. 
Oh, he's there? Okay, Kev. Okay. Here we are. Are John, you there? John, are you there? Yes, I am. I'm speaking. Okay, well, now we hear you. How are you today, John? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Now, you've taken some time, I assume, to prepare a haiku. What What has gone into the preparation of this? This one, this is one that's coming from a former member of the Haiku Society. And so I know that a haiku traditionally is 575. Five. Yeah. There's a reference for the season. No partic- uh, present participles, no INGs are allowed. And, it, and what a haiku is, is an exquisite moment distilled. Okay. Right. When, when you see the moment, then you distill it down to 575. Five. That's what gives it the uh, intensity. All right. Well, John, obviously, he's been far more specific than our other listeners, <laughs> offering up the haikus. Maybe even more so than Vic. Yeah. yeah Vic, even more. Vic, Vic just says whatever flows. Yeah, Let that, the haiku okay. flow, even if it's an entire right. soliloquy. Yeah, Vic kind of did thought of the day after a while. <laughs> yeah. So, this, so, one, this one actually got an honorable mention in a competition. There's a haiku competition? Oh, I'm not yeah. surprised by that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Ronnie, let's start the music. Okay. Wait, wait for the music, John. Wait for the music. All oh, right. this is great. Mm. Yes. John, you're All right, right, here we go. What? Wait, wait a minute, John. Yeah, no, no, you're uh, I'm trying to get himself in the right headspace, Fred. Is that what he was doing? Yes. Could you do that again, right, John? Here? Could you do that again, the, the preparation? Oh. Hmm. Okay, here we go. Out of the lake, the weight of a butterfly on my finger. A feeling you! <laughs> Are you feeling you or the butterfly? What are you feeling? <laughs> that was actually in Fallen Leaf Lake by Tahoe. And I was on a dock and I saw a poor butterfly in the water. And I, and I got down and I, he, he climbed onto my, my, uh, my finger. And, and I guess he flew away. You know, just, and that was a haiku moment. So that's, you go home and you kind of uh, put down the, the elements and then you, Whittle it down to five seven fives. John, did you yourself enter that in the haiku competition? Yes, I did. And what what place did you finish in? I don't, yeah, I was honorable mention, but I still have the little card that you know, like a little you know proof that I that I entered it. John, do you write haikus? I do. I'm, and you know what? I'll try. I'll try and uh, come up with a senu. S E N U, and that's the shows the foibles of man, where it's kind of like poking fun at us. Kev, didn't you go to that college? Send you exactly. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, John, we appreciate you coming on. I I think the haiku is beautiful. Um, you're obviously right. a very talented guy, and I think the you have a career in haikus. I think the most memorable moment from today came with your uh, preparation for the haiku. Yes. In your, uh... Yeah, because that's 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 I've been trying to get through to tell you guys that it's five seven five. Yeah. It evokes uh, of an exquisite moment. Yeah. There's no present participles, no ing right. words, and no, no, and no. uh, and that references season. Yeah, so I was more know, talking was... about your opening groan. Oh come on now! That that I've... I think that set everybody back. It a did. Bit. What was that? Mm. Oh wow! Yes. Oh, baby, oh, baby, yeah. Yeah, I like it like that. Yes.
Okay, John. All right. Thank yes. you very much for paying tribute to Vic, and we appreciate you listening to the show. You're welcome, Brad. All right. Out. Take care. It's lit. Stories lighting up the sports headlines. Front fire buddy Jacob and Ronnie. If you find yourself in trouble, you suffer any kind of personal injury, you've got to have the best attorney in town. The best attorney in town is our attorney, the Jacob M. Ronnie. Accident or injury, call Jacob M. Ronnie, call Jacob. So guys, we know the commanders are likely up for sale, and Team Z is reporting that Amazon founder Jeff Bezos and rapper Jay-Z are two interested parties. The interesting thing to me is they said the two of them could potentially partner up to try to buy the franchise. Uh, Jay-Z would definitely need some financial help. Jeff Bezos currently, whose net worth is at $114 billion, could probably buy half of the NFL's franchises by himself if he wanted to and if it was allowed. So I don't know if I necessarily understand a partnership standpoint from him. Well, I just think it would probably be uh, where Jay-Z might have like a working so that he they could look at it and say, well, they have a minority uh, owner being involved in the NFL. and might be a faster way for Bezos, right, to, yeah. to be able to get it, Fred, I'm thinking. Yeah, uh, and he wants one. I mean, he's got nothing to do. <laughs> all he does is count money all day. And fly around with uh, Lauren Sanchez. That's not a bad life. That's what he does. And you know what? How how far has that franchise fallen? I, you remember, Fred, uh, the Washington, they, they had a 10-year waiting list. You couldn't get into that building to see games. They were winning Super Bowls. I mean, they were, they, they were down in D.C., the, the, everything shut down on a Sunday for, for for Washington football. Here's the thing to always keep in mind. And whatever you do for a living, you've probably experienced this. You know what? Whoever owns the team matters. Whoever owns the business matters. Whoever runs the business matters. Some people do a good job of it and the business flourishes. Some people don't do such a good job and it falls apart. Detroit Lions, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, all right. I've never seen them win. Well, I've seen them win a game. They got it, one playoff win since 1957. You think that's by happenstance or is that by ownership? Right. That's by right. ownership. Okay. You know, and a lot of guys buy things. It, the hardest thing to do, Jerry Buss is really good at this. Jerry Buss is terrific. I own it. I'm the guy. I empower you to make decisions. Come to me if there's something big and we got to work out. If not, you got it. And if Keep you don't do well, it. get out. Right, we're going to make a change. Right. I'm not going to operate the franchise myself. It's not my area Ask of Ask Jerry Jones why they haven't been to the NFC Championship game in 26 years. It coincides with him taking over as GM, doesn't it? They're it's, the last dynasty in the NFL. Right. It's like in TV. Whoever is in charge is not usually versed in television production. I want you to produce this show. You do it. I trust you. You've had a, uh, a track record of success. I'm not going to come in and tell you what to do because I don't know how to do that. It's just like I cannot look at the books and build a five-year business model. That's not my job. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. Owners that get it, managers that get it, always have a better product. The Rams are really good at that. Steve Ballmer is really good at that. You guys handle it. I'll do what needs to be done. If you need me, call me, basically. And sure, I'd like to sit in. Are we going to make a trade? Well, I want to sit in the room. Why? Because when it's all said and done, I can tell my friends what happened. Because it's pretty cool. I knew what was going on. That's what I got for buying the team. But if you're going to run the team, you better know what you're doing. And Daniel Snyder obviously doesn't. 
You guys were talking a little earlier, or at least I brought up the fact that maybe there'd be a small fractured audience with the LAFC and maybe the Rams going on or conflicts and whether or not. Well, this is actually happening tonight because Philly is playing Houston while Philly is playing Houston. We have game. We have the World Series. Oh, this going is on. not close. Yeah, and we also have a football game going on now. Granted, the Houston Texans are going nowhere, and the Philadelphia Eagles could probably lose this game and end up being totally fine. But we know football is king, generally speaking. Do we think there's any fraction of at least those audiences that will be fractured in their viewing tonight, Fred? How about this? Let, let's change it a little bit. Let's say Philadelphia tonight in football is playing San Francisco. And let's say the Phillies are in the World Series. So you'd have the Eagles and 49ers, regular season game, but really a big game, against a World Series game. Or even Dallas, Philly-Dallas. That's fine. Yeah, divisional game, two really good teams. Let's say that. Nationally, the football game would win. No, not yeah, nationally, but I'm talking about in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, They don't watch the World Series. They don't watch the World Series. It's game five, which of course is the big game. And uh, football tonight will take a back seat. Yeah. It just will. I mean, that's a huge game. And then their team got no hit last night. So, you know what I mean? They're going to be on edge. No, but Philly, no question about yeah. it. The and Philly's a, base- Philly's a baseball. Philly is one of those towns. Like, it's a great sports town. Oh, yeah. But they love baseball and they love, and they, you know, they love football. Those two are number are number one. But to your point, Fred, nationally speaking, do you think even with tonight, with Houston not being that great, and Philadelphia should run them off the field, the Eagles I'm speaking of, do you think the NFL game will beat the World Series game tonight no. on a national level? No. Yeah, I don't either. I, don't I think, think so that's tonight. not a good enough game right. tonight. Okay. There could have been other games, Cal, yeah. Yeah. that would have that would have done it. I just don't who, – who's tuning in? you got to yeah. be – to me, it would be if you're a Philadelphia fan. Right. And, and because of the – World Series that will probably take you away from it. Mm-hmm. I don't know, and it's also the the streaming only aspect probably hurts the NFL from that standpoint too. But I don't know. Even a couple of years ago, it wouldn't surprise me if a regular season Thursday night game, even with two average teams, would have beaten a World Series game on a national level. But I remember a couple of years before. back where the World Series beat, uh, and they should. It should. Right. Yeah. It should. But but you got to remember. I, I get it. There's a gambling aspect to football that 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 dirty muddies the water. You know that people oh, yeah. have an interest right. that's not just Fred watching it. You know, it's I got money on it. Right. I got money on it. That's totally different. Well, I'm looking at the numbers last night in Los Angeles. I'm pulling them up as we speak. And I saw them earlier. Do you want to take another glance at them? Yeah, the game. This is the World Series game? Yeah. Meh? Meh. Really? Meh. Meh. Not much. Let me just check one more metric here. Yeah. Which might give me a, another look, but really didn't do much of anything for him. And for it really champion. wasn't going up against much. It was going up against the Clippers, I guess. The Lakers didn't tip off until 7.30. Right. So the game was, you know, half over the baseball game at that point in time. Yeah. So, But don't you remember a couple years ago when the Lakers and Dodgers won the championship, the, the Dodgers had better numbers in L.A. than the Lakers. That's true. Right, yeah. Fred? You remember that, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And that was LeBron's, you know what I mean, a championship. In it. That, that's, that spoke volumes, but then... People have been waiting 32 years for the Dodgers to win, so that's another thing that worked in the Dodgers' favor. Yeah, right. Tough news uh, for the Chargers, and I feel like I sound like a broken record in saying this, but uh, Keaton Allen uh, likely out again this week dealing with that hamstring injury. He said he tried to dial it up in practice this week, and it flared up again. They just cannot stay healthy. They thought they got Keenan back last week, had to set out after the first half or two weeks ago, I should say, and now Mike Williams is out for at least three or four weeks. Uh, so you guys want to suit up for wide receiver for the Chargers that probably have an open tryouts right now, Fred. At this point, I don't get it anymore. Honestly, I, I just don't get this. Every year, 
every year. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. And maybe it always went on in San Diego. I didn't follow them that closely when they were in San Diego. Right. I absolutely did, though. But my God, every year? Certain what? teams seem to have that. It just doesn't even make sense. I'm with you. It's always it's always banged up, injured. I don't get it. And they, cha- I thought they changed their people there, too. Oh, the medical staff yeah. and all that they have? I think maybe three or four years ago they did that when Anthony Lynn was still here. Yeah. If I remember correctly. But Is Brandon Staley still a coach? Yeah. Okay. He is. Yeah. So no playoffs. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Just rude. Yeah, that's what's lining up the headlines. Kevin's <laughs> been great. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at AM570 LA Sports. Check out how you win tickets to UCLA football and basketball games, Clippers, Kings, and Chargers. We are giving away tickets to the suite that's coming up. And when we come back, Justin Turner will join us. Now, your chance to win $1,000. Just enter this nationwide keyword on our website. Win. That's win. Enter it now. Do it. AM570LASports.com. Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much. Yes. Speaking of which, traffic. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It is your partner, Big Boy! Big Boy's Neighborhood, Real 92.3, and you're listening to a Hall of Famer, host, philanthropist. This is my big homie, man, Rodney Pete, and the man who thinks that Post Malone is a reference to an NBA era after the mailman retired, Fred Rogan. Rob Parker's in today for Rodney. And what a treat this is. We haven't had a chance to talk to him since the season ended, and since that time, Justin Turner was awarded a very prestigious honor, the Roberto Clemente Award for Community Service. So let's bring him on now. Justin, thanks for jumping on. Of course. Thanks for having me on here. Okay. Congratulations on the Clemente Award. Uh, Of all of the accomplishments that you have been fortunate enough to receive in baseball, where does this rank? Uh, yeah, this, this is, this is at the top. This is number one, because this is more than, you know, just about myself and, and what I can do with a bat and a ball on a, on a baseball field. This is about something that's bigger than me and giving back to our community and, and trying to impact as many lives as we can to our foundation. And, um, you know, it's, it's important for myself and it's very important uh, for myself, for my wife to get this recognition because she does so much and is involved in everything uh, that our foundation does. So it's very special. Okay. And if you can't talk about why it's important for you to help people, I, I mean, I, that might be kind of a broad-based question, 
but you guys are so involved and you do do so much and you have given so much of your time and your money. Why is it important for you and your wife to do what you do? Well, one, I, I think I feel a responsibility being a Southern California kid uh, growing up here um, and being lucky enough to be in the position that I'm in to play this wonderful game for a living. So um, to give back and, and to have gratitude for that, I think is important, but also uh, understanding the platform that we're given um, as major league baseball players and the ability to affect people's lives, the ability to um, impact people's lives, the ability to lift people up when they're going through tough times. And, um, you know, that was the whole reason behind the foundation and getting started and and being able to raise money to be able to do bigger and better things. But, um, it doesn't have to be grand gestures, um, you know, to give back or to, or to help people or to lift people up. It, it could be little things, you know, shaking hands, smiles, opening doors, um, being kind, stuff like that. And, um, you know, as we've grown and we've gotten bigger and uh, we've done more things and more events, uh, now we feel the responsibility to try to encourage our younger guys to understand their platform and utilize it as well and um, can be more happy with all the guys on the in the Dodgers organization that are venturing off into their own foundations and, and starting their own kind of path to impacting people's lives off the field. The great Justin Turner is with us. Uh, has the sting of getting eliminated worn off yet? Um, no, this is one I think that we're going to think about for a long time. So, uh, obviously you have a season that we had 111 wins and, um, the team that we had and, uh, you know, you don't anticipate that first round exit, but, um, you know, it's easy to sit and say that's baseball. That's the way it goes. The game's not played on paper, but that doesn't make it feel any better. Yeah. Did you, uh, I don't know if you read what people wrote, if you heard what people said, but there there was a sense that in that series, you guys weren't having any fun. It didn't look like you were really enjoying playing. Now, that, that was a perception that people had just observing the team. Is any of that right? Uh, I don't know if that's right. I know that... You know, the facts are we, we didn't really hit and we didn't, you know, score a lot of runs. And um, baseball is always perceived as more fun when the offense is clicking, right? So um, those big two-out hits, those big two-out RBIs, those are momentum builders. And, uh, you know, when you're not getting those, it's hard to uh, it's hard to create that fun or that energy internally uh, especially when you're playing on the road. So um, I don't know that we weren't having fun. We always have, we had a great group of guys. We had a really cl- close group of guys that enjoyed being around each other and, and whatnot. But the perception when you're it always is that, uh, oh, the team's not having fun or they're playing tight or whatever when, when you're not scoring runs. I mean, uh, you look at the game last night, I, I think you can say the Phillies weren't having very much fun either. <laughs> Even though they, they put up seven the night before and hit five homers, it looked like two completely different teams. So I think offense creates the perception of fun. You know what's weird when you talk about the Phillies? They just got they got really hot at the right time. And, uh, you know, even Andrew Friedman talked about maybe it's not the best team that wins, it's the hottest team that ends up winning the World Series. 
as many years as you've been in this game, how do you become the hot team at the right time? Yeah, I mean, if if we had the answer to that question, you know, we'd probably, you know, know how to be hot every single year going in into October. And I think it's just a hard recipe to figure out. And, um, you know, there's all kinds of things that have been said about, you know, the format and the tournament and the days off. And um, you look back and you look at the success of the wild card teams uh, in the past and how deep they've made runs into the playoffs. Um, so it's easy to say, right, like, oh, well, the tournament's set up for these wild card teams who have been playing meaningful games all September and then they win the wild card game, so they have momentum. Uh, there's not really a lot of pressure on them because they weren't technically supposed to be there. But, you know, usually that's one team of the four or five teams that are in that situation. So it doesn't necessarily work for everyone, right? Like, there were other wild card teams. There were other teams that were trying to get in uh, to the postseason uh, late in September. So uh, it's easy to point at the team that's hot and having the success and say, oh, yeah. Like, you just want to be the wild card in postseason. You don't want to win your division and have those five days off. But, you know, there was also, you know, four other teams that were in that same situation who, you know, aren't having the run that the Phillies are having. I think they're just playing good baseball. And everything's clicking, and, and they're playing with confidence. And, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't think there's no, I don't think there's a secret to that recipe. Justin Turner is with us. After the elimination game, you spoke to your your teammates, right in the, in the clubhouse. Yeah. And what was that like? Uh, that was tough. You know, obviously, we just we we just lost the series, which none of us anticipated happening. Um, we all went into that series with with confidence and and knowing um, our capabilities, and and we just didn't play well. So. Uh, after Dave talked to us, I just wanted to stand up and, um, you know, remind guys that it doesn't matter how, how good you are and, and how good everything looks on paper or that everyone in the world is betting on you to win. Um, you know, baseball is a a tough game and it, it can be a brutal game and, um, you know, stuff like this is something that you remember and, and you learn from because there's going to be, you know, next year where you're going in the playoffs and it doesn't matter um, whether you're on that side where, you know, you win 110 games again, or if you're on the side where you're going against a team that, you know, kind of kicked your butt all season long and has a better record and is supposed to win. Um, you know, you still have to go out and you still play the game and, and, and you do everything right. Uh, you can win this game. So, um, you know, also wanted to make sure, you know, I, I just thanked everyone for what a great season we had. Being a part of a 111-win team is, is pretty special. And, um, you know, it's easy for that to get lost because of how, you know, the season ended. And because you are so involved in the community, then you, you posted for the fans to read as well. Why did you think that was important? Yeah, that was tough. I, I've been thinking about what to say or trying to find the words. And, um, you know, on a, on a personal note, it was, it was finding a way to attempt to find closure in the season. Um, you know, I sat in my house for 10 days and didn't really do a whole lot. Didn't really go anywhere, just kind of moped around. And I think 
uh, I wanted to, you know, get something out for closure for myself, but also, you know, I wanted to, you know, try to provide closure for the fans and um, help everyone understand that, you know, when the season ends, uh, I think there's a perception that we just kind of, you know, jump on private jets and start flying all over the world and going on vacations and there's not a care in the world, but uh, I just want everyone to know that this hurts us and it affects us and we pour our heart and souls and into this season that's, you know, 10 months long and our goal is to win a championship. So when we fall short of that, um, you know, we feel it uh, just like they do. Well, that leads to this. What's next for you? The club has the option. Have they talked to you about picking it up yet? Uh, they have not. So uh, I don't really, I'm kind of in limbo right now, just waiting to see what happens. I know, I think they have a five days after the World Series ends to make that decision, and uh, I haven't heard a whole lot yet. So um, I'm not really sure. You want to come back, obviously. Everybody wants you back. So that, that we've established that now. We want you back. You yep. want to come back. Uh, yeah, of course. If this thing went sideways, would you want to continue to play somewhere else? Uh, I definitely want to continue to play. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping and everything works out and, and it's in the Dodger uniform because obviously I spent the last nine years here and, um, you know, my career's taken off here. Our foundation has been doing wonderful things here and um, we want to continue that. And um, it'd be great to end my career as a Dodger, but... Um, you know, things don't always go as as planned, and we don't know what's going to happen. And uh, But I do still feel like uh, I love playing the game. I love showing up every day. I love the teaching aspect of it, um, spending time with younger guys and spending time in the cage and, and talking about it. And, um, you know, the way my second half went, I, I definitely know that there's more in the tank, and I, I want to keep going. Yeah, and I was going to ask you about your second half. Man, you caught fire. You, you were suddenly one of the best hitters in the national league. What's what switch did you flip? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I felt, I felt good all season long. I felt like I was seeing the ball good. I felt like I was making good decisions. I, I just wasn't, you know, moving pitches forward that I should have been, you know, moving forward. I was fouling a lot of pitches off. And, um, so I was in the cage every day working, making adjustments, trying to find good feels. And, um, you know, something clicked on that night against Musgrove. Uh, and from that day on, I, you know, I kind of took off and, and felt good and felt dangerous again. And, um, you know, I guess that's why you play 162 games. And that's why it's a long season. Uh, because, you know, you can struggle for two months like I did and, and still put together um, a good season. And, um, you know, I guess I think if you ask most guys, uh, you know, the way I did it, uh, it's probably the best way to go where you struggle the first two months and then you play well down the stretch and at the end, um, which is probably better than, you know, coming out on fire for the first couple months and then struggling down the end. So, um, yeah, I don't, uh, again, I don't know if there's a magic recipe or, or any one thing I can point my finger to, but, uh, I, I did feel really good in the second half. Well, we appreciated watching you as always, uh, the Clemente award winner, you mean so much to the community. Um, you know, everybody wants you back. Our fingers are crossed, and we hope it goes the right way. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. And hope to be back. And, and uh, thanks for having me on the show, man. I appreciate it. We appreciate that. Thanks, Justin.
Ah, sorry. Justin Turner, always honest. It was great to have him on the show. That was good stuff, Fred. I loved that. Yeah, he's good. He's good. All right. Who is going to see uh, Lakers Clippers in our suite next Wednesday? You're going with us. Our listeners. It's for our show. 866-987-2570. First pair of tickets will be given away at this moment to caller number eight. <laughs> the Texas road trip continues for the Clippers. John Wall. When he turns it on, there's nobody that can keep up. As they're in San Antonio to take on the Spurs. Clippers countdown begins at 4 p.m. tomorrow night on L.A.'s home for Clippers basketball. AM 570 L.A. Sports. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Bringing you LA's best sports talk weekdays, noon to three. Bogan and Rodney. Thank you for being now my 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 visit here is complete. I just feel like at home. Ronnie is the best. My God, Fred, don't you? When you hear this song, don't you just get a little verklempt, a little moist? Okay, I don't know if I get that. <laughs> what? The second one, I'm not so <laughs> sure. Not everybody. Yeah. Uh, Troy Redondo Beach, congratulations! You are number one. The first listener to win tickets to the Sweet Crypto.com Arena next Wednesday night. Clippers and Lakers, it's our show, it's our suite. We're giving the tickets away every day. So tomorrow, another listener will have a chance to win a pair of tickets. Ronnie, thank you. Kevin, thank you. Yes. Rob, it's a pleasure. Always. My goodness gracious, my home away from home. Thank you, guys. Love anytime you need me. Cool. So it's hard to knock it Everybody got their own thing Currency chasing Worldwide through the hard times Worrying faces Shed tears as we worry Brothers close to heart What was a friend Now a ghost in the dark Hard part about it Brother got smoked by a fiend Trying to floss on him Blind to a broken man's dreams A hard lesson Court cases keep him guessing Plea bargain ain't an option now So I'm stressing Cost me more to be free Than a life in the pen Making money over cuss words Writing again this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.